Welcome to Comedia del Cinema, the podcast that explores some of the greatest and most impactful comedy films ever made. We talk about how they were made, why they were made, the impact they had. I'm one of your hosts, Jordan Wold. I'm your other host, Emily Walborn. And hey, what are we talking about today on the show? Today, we are talking spy. Taking a crack at... The biggest comedy star of the 2010s, Miss Melissa McCarthy, the queen herself. That's right, Mrs. Falcone. Um, notably, this. No, he's Mr. Yeah, McCarthy. Yeah, he's Mr. McCarthy, indeed. That's very true. Um, notably, this is the first time we've covered a director. Um, twice. Twice. Although. This is episode. 16 or 17 or something like that. <laughs> so, granted, we've covered a lot of Apatow-related things, which mm-hmm. this also is, even though he didn't produce it. Still, no. you know, just a click or two away. Yes, definitely. What's going on in 2015 when Spy comes out? Well, we're reaching the very tail end, maybe the, the peak of Apatow. Fever because this is the same year as Trainwreck, mm-hmm. which I think is the last time that a comedy with such low stakes, not to say Trainwreck is, you know, full indie, mm-hmm. um, but it's a full rom com. That's the last time it makes 100 mil, uh, mm-hmm. something like that. Spy, on the other hand, makes a lot more sense as a kind of movie that could be a hit because even though it's much more comedic, mm-hmm. it's in the action comedy vein. That we, you know, that we start to see it being the only form of comedy. Other comedy movies, some I found. Um, Sisters, also. Snacks. Uh, not really, um, not really Apatow related, but still in the sort of SNL, a certain group of kind of comedians. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, not necessarily at their most popular, but still being able to command a fairly large audience just by their names alone. I don't know. I think with these two, Tina and Amy in particular, I feel like it was kind of the peak or shortly after their peak of being known as a, a true comedy duo. In large oh, yeah, part to, uh, to the Golden Globe hosting. That's very true. But I feel like, you know, maybe each of them probably had their individual peaks and then the almost reteaming of them as a duo kind of boosted both of them and gave yeah. gave them a sort of a collective identity mm-hmm. that wasn't really there even when they were like hosting update together necessarily i think well i think that's the, uh, the start of it obviously well, yes, and then, of course. And then yeah. from there i think the golden globe reteaming was kind of yeah. solidifying them as yeah. a comedy duo yeah. and now, also baby mama I and suppose. baby mama baby mama was a good movie We'll have to do that one. Baby Mama uh, is a three out of five movie. It's good. And we'll have to do that one sometime. Mm-hmm. But now Tina and Amy going on tour are a la mm-hmm. Steve Martin, Martin Short. Mm-hmm. And yet they're not coming to LA. So upset. I know. That's weird because Amy lives here. <laughs> yeah. You'd think they would do. I assume they're doing New York. They're doing New York. I think Chicago, obviously. Mm-hmm. And. What is it? Pittsburgh, where Tina is from? Mm. Not sure. 
Exactly. Anyway, uh, also, also coming out that year, Get Hard. This is really uh, also a big year for Kevin Hart. He's, I think, one mm-hmm. of the other big comedy stars of the 2000s. Oh, yeah. He doesn't quite have, I think, the as much of a commanding grasp on the box office as McCarthy does. But he's very but re- he's, reliable. He's very reliable, and he's kind of more up-and-coming, like... You know, like he, re- I think he really hits his stride more towards the end of the tens. I don't know. This year he has um, Wedding Ringer and Get Hard, both of which did really well. And this is also a couple of years after he had. Um, he was one of the few comedians who could have stand-up specials be played in theaters. True. And do really well. Whereas, like I think Night School, just a couple of years after this, is the start of a very mild decline. For him as a comedy star. Now he's still huge, but it's in franchises. Or on streaming. He's really good in DC League of Super Pets, actually. Yeah, he is. Um, I think, though, it's hard to say what is the decline of, like, stars like Melissa McCarthy and Kevin Hart, because it's just a decline in studio comedies, too. Mm -hmm. Such a rapid decline in comedies that it's kind of hard to measure their success where I feel like Kevin Hart has maintained pretty much exclusively comedy movies that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Melissa McCarthy, mm-hmm. as we'll talk about, does go more into drama and stuff like that. Yeah. And the couple of times Kevin Hart's tried, I mean, yeah, the outside was a, was a huge hit, but not mm-hmm. really well regarded. And then and fatherhood the- just sort of came and went. It's on Netflix. I think. Yeah. Also this year, Masterminds, which we really liked. That didn't come out until 2016. Oh, it was uh, The studio went bankrupt a few weeks before it was supposed to come out. Then why was it on the list? I don't know. I saw that and thought, yeah, it would have been 2015, but it <laughs> wasn't. This is definitely big studio comedies with our modern day comedy star mm-hmm. era. We've got Unfinished Business, Vince Vaughn, Dave Franco. <laughs> We've got Wedding Ringer, Heart. We've got Pixels. Oh, yeah. Featuring, featuring the, the Sandman same himself. Yeah. We've got uh, The Intern. Oh, yeah, that movie's good. I haven't seen that one. I do want to see it. Not necessarily two big comedy stars, but two big stars mm-hmm. that are leading that one mm-hmm. with Anne Hathaway and De Niro. Plus Anders Holm. <laughs> of course, he is as big as <laughs> Robert De Niro and Anne Hathaway. Hathaway. <laughs> De Niro. Holmes. Holmes. Uh, Hot Pursuit, which I can't believe I actually haven't seen, but Reese Witherspoon and Sofia Vergara. Uh-huh. I think maybe the second half of that is why I haven't seen it. I think it has like a 4% on Rotten Tomatoes or something. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Pitch Perfect 2, of course. Mm-hmm. D-Train. Oh, yeah. Uh, pretty out. good. There's a bizarre movie that yeah really it's insane that movie got a wide release (laughs) about jack black realizing he's bi for james marston but again big two big stars Uh on that one the first movie we ever saw together grandma Grandma, of course (laughs) uh keeping it in the family daddy's home came out that year yeah um aloha (laughs) another bradley cooper vehicle burnt Mm-hmm. Which was a dream of his because he always wanted to play a chef. 
And I'm glad he finally oh. got to. Mm-hmm. We got Ted 2, Vacation. Mm-hmm. Ted 2 is pretty funny. Okay. Well, I haven't seen Ted 1, so maybe I wouldn't find it very funny. Maybe. We've got Mordecai, <laughs> Duff, oh, God. S- Sleeping with Other People, Paul Blart 2. Then we've got some other ones like The Big Short, mm. The Meddler, The Night Before, Hello, My Name is Doris, which is really good, mm-hmm. The Lobster. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a huge year for comedy, comedy dramas, Oscar comedies, big studio comedies, indie comedies. Mm-hmm. Skeleton Twins. Skeleton. I don't know if we said that one, but. That one also came out. Mm-hmm. There were, yeah, a shocking amount of movies. Uh, comedy movies that came out that year. 2015, I remember going to the movies a lot. <laughs> Me too. I saw Trainwreck and Inside Out the same day. Well, that's a good note. Mm-hmm. I would maybe start with Inside Out then Trainwreck for a nice late. Would have been Brief. good. Yeah, but I didn't do it that way. So you just left sad at the end. I was devastated. <laughs> I, but, hey, in fact, I thought I was going to hurt myself, but <laughs> then I remembered laughing during a train wreck. Good, good. Inside Out, though, I mean, you got Amy Poehler leading that uh-huh. one. You got Phyllis from Phyllis The Office. And you got Mindy, Mindy from The Office. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All they needed was Ken from The Office. Mm-hmm. Stanley could have been, um, like, lethargic. <laughs> or pretzel. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, because he like pretzels on The Office? Mm-hmm. You know, he did. Well, who wrote and directed this one? This is the only film Paul Feig has sole written and directed by credit. I'm actually not sure if that's true. He might have that on, uh, like, one of his night early dramas or on, like, Unaccompanied Minors. But usually he's either directing someone else's script or writing with Katie Dippold these days. I think... Look, I, I, I'm a big fan of Katie Dippold, too, but I think I would love to see another Paul Feig Helms mm-hmm. movie where he does it all. Yeah, because, I mean, outside of Bridesmaids, this is clearly the best script he's ever worked with, I this, think. Yeah, I agree. Well, okay, let's, let's talk a little bit of Melissa. What is your opinion, experience of Miss McCarthy? Oh, I love her. Um, I think she does a lot of not very good movies that are uh, associated with her husband. Um, when she writes with him, it usually, usually leads to mediocre results. But when she works with directors like Paul Feig, um, or, um, or is purely acting, like in a more dramatic context, she's really great. One of the most engaged performers um, to come on the scene. I hate to say, not recently because she has been around forever, mm-hmm. but to gain prominence in the last 10, 15 years. Yeah. Um, she commits in a way that uh, a lot of comedians, uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of comedians don't fully dive in the way she does. And I think when you talk about diving in, I think it's... It's not necessarily like big character acting the way that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe Adam Sandler or Will Ferrell commits to the, mm-hmm. the physicality of their mm-hmm. people. I think that for her, it's so, you can tell it's such an emotional commitment to mm-hmm. 
that I think it's a nice blend of a lot of the comedy stars that we've talked about in this series, Mm -hmm. where she's not only super physical and hilarious in Mm -hmm. that way, but it's also her performance on an emotional level makes pretty much every character Mm -hmm. work. Yeah, I mean, that's the reason why I don't hate the movie Identity Thief, because she is like... Well, plus Craig Mason wrote it. Sure. You know, showrunner of Chernobyl and <laughs> The Last of Us. That's right. Absolutely genius. Um, who's never had a bad opinion <laughs> about anything. Um, I like Craig. No, we like Craig. We're just joshing. We're, we're Script Notes fans. We're just joshing and Craig, obviously. I think anyone who has a completely uncomplicated opinion about him uh, is weird. Um but, yeah, in that movie, she takes what is a kind of a crassly written character um, and adds so much humanity to her in a way that, yeah, she always does. Yeah. I am a huge most mm-hmm. fan. I've seen almost her whole filmography. I think I'm just missing Identity Thief Tammy. Tammy. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe some of her more recent m- movies that have yeah. come out that I just didn't get a chance to see yeah like well, saint vincent and saint vincent is really good that's Murray. a supporting role um you didn't see super intelligence or thunder or Thun- thunder force let's run down the melissa mccarthy filmography briefly because it okay. is quite impressive i so i think i with melissa mccarthy i think around the time that i was watching gilmore girls and then also bridesmaids kind of came mm-hmm. together around the same time. So I'm a I'm a huge fan of Melissa McCarthy from Gilmore Girls, which I feel like people forget that she's on that show for mm-hmm. all seven seasons. Mm-hmm. So from 2000 to 2007, she's on Gilmore Girls in a major mm-hmm. supporting role, and she's hilarious, mm-hmm. of course. But playing a di- very different kind of comedy than mm-hmm. she does in all of her other characters. Mm-hmm. And then from 2010 to 2016, I think people also forget she's on Mike and Molly. And she's winning an oh, Emmy yeah. for Mike and Molly. Yeah, she's winning an Emmy for Mike and Molly, but she's I think mostly winning an Emmy for Bridesmaids. I mean, yes, but also I don't know if you've ever seen Mike and Molly. I've seen a bit. She's good on it. I just think based on the timing of that nomination happening, like right around the Oscar nom, and then her never getting nominated for that again, it's it felt like uh, we love Melissa McCarthy. It's not necessarily just that role. That's fair. But she, that show actually is really good from what the, I've seen like a couple of seasons of it and it's actually quite a good Chuck Lorre joint. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I, the a- actor who plays her sister on that is also so really good. good on a lot of things. And then of course her mom, Susie Kurtz. Of course. An MVP of everything pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, 2011 Bridesmaids. 2012, this is 40. Mm. Which I don't really remember him, so it must be a small, smaller part. It's like so. a kind of extended cameo, but it's mostly one scene. Yeah. Um, arguing with um, Paul Rudd and Leslie Mann about the kids. I see. So she's still kind of waiting for the full breakout to happen at that point. I mean, she's been... I mean, from her, Bridesmaids, you know, yeah. so waiting for her, her full star vehicle. It's, it's 20, yeah, because she's like... Oscar nominated that same year, yes, but not yeah. a lead yet. But 2013 is yet when she gets her first lead in Identity mm-hmm. Thief. And then she's also doing Hangover Part 3 that year. Oh, yeah. And she's also in The Heat with Sandy Bullock that mm-hmm. year, which 
I also like the heat. That is a, that's a good feed vegan dippled. dippled joint. Um, and then 2014, Tammy St. Vincent, 2015, Spy, 2016, The Boss and Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Also that year, Gilmore Girls, A Year in the Life, which I wish she was in more in. Yeah, she has, like, I don't know, a cameo, mm-hmm. but I, I I still think she should have been in more. She's probably busy. Then, a two-year break, 2018, Happy Time Murders, <laughs> Life of the Party. And can you ever forgive me? So a year where two movies that are completely forgotten about are really wiped out by her second Oscar-nominated role, mm-hmm. which is also... A purely dramatic role. Yeah, completely dramatic role. 2019, The Kitchen, which I vaguely oh, remember yeah. seeing. That was awful. 2020, Super Intelligence. 2021, Thunder Force and you kind of see her move towards TV at that point, which mm. I think generally a lot of comedy stars Mm -hmm. start to move towards streaming TV at that point. Mm -hmm. She's in Nine Perfect Strangers with Nicole Kidman. Oh, yeah. And God's Favorite Idiot with her husband, co-starring with Mr. McCarthy, which is a show I've never heard of. I've never heard of that. But I'm going to watch because I'm curious. (laughs) Um, So a very long, long career that she's had. A very successful one, too. I mean, absolutely. She, I think she'll undoubtedly get another Oscar nomination, if not a win, at some mm-hmm. point. Even if comedies don't get back to a place where she has necessarily, like, another $100 million, you right. know, gross. But it, yeah. it's probably going to be for, like, a, a, a um, you know, an Adam Sandler kind of dramatic, dramatic turn. turn. Like, yeah. Because, I mean, Can You Ever Forgive Me was that, but also, but, you know, something maybe with a bit, a really big director attached and, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, hey. Put her in, in an Uncut Gems remake, even. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> she would be great in Uncut Gems. Yeah, she would be. Um, I the- guess that was sort of the kitchen, but the kitchen was bad, unfortunately. I vaguely remember seeing that. I think at AMC. We one saw of it at City Walk. City yeah. Walk, yeah. I can't remember that, but it was that one or Sunset. Uh, we were so pissed <laughs> that we'd gone to it. <laughs> I know. I, I, look, for my comedy star mm-hmm. ladies, I'll go see anything. That mm-hmm. was that was not one of my favorite Melissa McCarthy's, unfortunately. No. The Melissa McCarthy fee collab is also pretty strong throughout mm-hmm. her career. Bridesmaids, The Heat. Spy, and then Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. which Katie Dippold wrote The Heat and Ghostbusters. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, after that, hasn't really gotten to write too much. Yeah, I know she's been doing things, but I don't know what. I like she's on Comedy Bang Bang now, you know, yeah. but, like, yeah, I wonder where she's been at. Um, there's the, I mean, there's the Haunted, New Haunted. Oh, yeah, she's writing that, now, yeah. But. Um, kind of, I feel like she and Fee kind of ushered in a big, like, a certain kind of action comedy mm-hmm. that is more comedy than action, whereas I feel like mm-hmm. nowadays it's action with some pretty broad jokes. Yeah. Yeah. The Jumanji franchise, if you will. Yes. Right. Mm. Indeed. Mm-hmm. 
Do you want to talk about Feed writing this one or know much about it? Well, I know he he wrote it after like Casino Royale was kind of his inspiration. The the James Bond Daniel Craig uh, first iteration. Mm-hmm. He talked about wanting to make a comedic spy movie, but not a spoof. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like a lot of things about like the Austin Powers franchise, but they're very much, it's full spoof mm-hmm. parody. Whereas with this movie, he talked a lot about writing it from, from a place of character first, mm-hmm. which is really why, why the script works so well, mm-hmm. uh, in my opinion, because it, it exists in a world of spy tropes, but isn't necessarily playing off of them. Mm-hmm. And something I love about Feed that we talked a bit about in Bridesmaids, too, was just that when he writes or when he directs, he's like, hmm, I know a lot of funny ladies, so mm-hmm. I'll just write to them. Yeah. And I I appreciate that, not that he's trying to change the culture of women mm-hmm. in comedy or anything like that. He's just like, I know a lot of funny yeah. women, and I want to just write a project that they could be in. And yeah. he wasn't even sure that he could get Melissa because she was so busy doing like three movies a year, yeah. but she did, she read it and wanted to do it. Yeah. Originally so I, called Susan Cooper. Yeah. And Zoe Deschanel originally going to be, be in the Allison Janney part, right? No, that's no, what no, I saw. She was going to be in the, um, I, I, no, I, Elaine I, Crocker, who isn't that her friend? I let's see. I, cause I wrote Allison Janney. Cause then I looked at the, Oh, maybe I just, I thought that was the Miranda Hart part. I mean, that would make so much more sense. But I don't know. I don't really want to get to the bottom of it. I'll look. Okay. Um, either way, I think Zoe Deschanel would have been perfectly pleasant in this movie. Uh, yeah. Also wouldn't have added much. Because um, I believe the Miranda Hart role was specifically written for Miranda Hart. Yeah, she was going to be the Allison Janney part. And that's really interesting. That's it, really. Because Allison Janney, you know, brings a hard-ass mm-hmm. character that really only Allison Janney can play. Mm-hmm. Like, really dry humor. Yeah. That would have been interesting to see Zoe Deschanel kind of return to that. Because she plays something kind of similar in Elf. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I think... I think at that point she would have been so known as Jess that it would have been kind of wild to see her as like this hard ass yeah. uh, CIA, CIA <laughs> manager person. <laughs> People would have been saying, who's that girl? <laughs> Why is she acting like that? Who's that girl? It's What's Jess. Elaine Cro- <laughs> Crocker? <laughs> <laughs> it's Elaine Crocker. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's uh, honestly bizarre. Um, during the making... Of Spy, uh, I guess post, it went through at least 10 test screenings, which that's the Judd. That, and he influence. says he learned it from Judd, yeah. saying that it doesn't work very well if a movie is supposed to make you feel difficult emotions. If you're making a David Lynch, it doesn't work at all. But for a comedy, it's often the best way to refine jokes. Yeah, I think... Um, I think there's something that can really be appreciated about comedic filmmakers who who use that approach in a way that's not like they're pandering to the audience, but they appreciate the fact that they're giving a, a product, you know, in the most yeah. reductive term to an audience and they want to see what people are responding yeah. to. It is, it's, 
when you think about it, I'm sure we talked about it in um, 40 Year Old Virgin, but it is just the best way that to write comedy. It's how stand-ups mm-hmm. do it, sketch comedy, mm-hmm. and improv to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Not that you would reuse jokes, but, you know, as you're doing improv, you tailor mm-hmm. your jokes to the audience's reactions. So it is just kind of the tried and true way to make comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, one one other production thing that I found notable, I don't know if you saw this, Ro- the Rose Byrne character was originally going to be a teenager. Really? Well, a 19-year-old, which actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, she kind of does act like a teenager. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, I, they were like, we had to completely rewrite the character. And I'm like, you didn't really have to, actually. Like, a uh, little bit. A little bit. <laughs> what's Dude, Spy about? What's Spy about? I asked you first, actually. <laughs> Spy is about um, Susan Cooper, who is one of those, quote, guys in the chairs. Mm-hmm. So they they support this, this field agents that are out there um, doing all the spy work. And Susan Cooper, played by Melissa McCarthy, is um, the person in, in what's his name? Uh, Fines. Uh, yeah. Agent Fines' ear. And she is obviously secretly in love with him. Um, but on one mission, he gets shot and killed. And she is determined to avenge his death um, because Rose Byrne's character was the one that killed him. Mm-hmm. And there is also this plot with a portable um, nuclear device that's being sold and they got to track it down. And so um, they agree that... S- that Susan Cooper will go out into the field just to observe and report. Um, But then, of course, she gets wrapped up into the whole plot of the nuclear device and chasing after people. She can't help herself. She's wanting revenge for Agent Fine. And she keeps getting these comically awful, boring ladies to play. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think one was... uh, one was a, a Mary Kay salesman that mm-hmm. sold all of her yeah. stuff to get a, a vacation um, I, along those lines. One was like a cat lady. Mm-hmm. Um, very classic, goofy characters that she used to play. Um, and then, of course, she she decides she does not want to, to be those boring characters. She wants to be an actual cool spy, so she... Uh, gets a makeover, infiltrates a casino where she meets Rose Byrne, and then gets on this whole plot of of uh, convincing Rose Byrne that her dad had actually hired her to be her bodyguard. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, she gets to play a very uh, hard, hardened, mean bodyguard, which is quite a fun shift from the meek uh, Susan Cooper that she's been the whole time. Mm-hmm. In the end, of course, we learn that fine wasn't really dead um but he had been he was undercover and the only way to gain um rose Byrne's character's trust was to uh pretend to be a double agent and so then susan cooper she stops the whole plot saves the world and uh turns down fines offer for a date because she realizes he doesn't deserve her Hey, that was quite succinct. Um, I did my best. It is quite a, a complicated spy plot, so... Yeah, it is. 
Um, some other characters she meets along the way, Jason Statham as yeah. uh, another field agent um, in one of the one of the funniest uh, performances <laughs> in the entire movie. Um, she also meets a pervy, um, a fellow pervy agent played by Peter Serafinowicz, who I don't really like that character that much, to no. be honest. Um, not just because it's like, dated. I just like I don't know. That's one of the few weak spots. Yeah. Um, and then of course, um, Susan Cooper's best friend, who then becomes her guy in the chair, mm-hmm. is played by Miranda Hart. Mm-hmm. Um, very funny British comedian who, who show Miranda, is the um, got adapted into Call Me Cat, starring Maya Bialik, now on Fox. Hey. Well, I think the season just ended. Sponsored by Fox. Um, also, minor cameo: Bobby Cannavale. Um, as the big bad in the final scene, mm-hmm. or not the final scene, but near the climax of the movie, mm-hmm. um, who got the role because he was dating Rose Byrne at the time. They are now married and seem to almost exclusively work with each other, which I wonder if they ever had a dinner date with McCarthy and Falcone. Oh, of course they have. I mean, it's the second, this is the second movie that Byrne and McCarthy have worked on together. Yeah. I gotta imagine they're friends. Because if not, that'd be weird. Mm-hmm. Not they unheard of, each other. but yeah, it would be tough, probably. <laughs> yeah, I just think because they have such good chemistry, they both do. in Bridesmaids and this, that it would be kind of well, and it would, would be, be weird, weird for me to hate put them together again too. <laughs> yeah, what were your thoughts on Spy? Well, I really like it. I rated it slightly lower this time, reason being that I watched the extended cut. Okay. Um, which is not as good as the theatrical cut. It. For understandable reasons, they cut things that um, that they should have cut. It's just kind of, um, it's like 10 minutes longer, and it really kind of messes with the pacing. I decided to go theatrical. I didn't. I, I thought you would, so that's why I decided extended. to check out Extended. Um, there are a couple of um, the, of the uh, more crass jokes, like some fart jokes and stuff that just don't really fit. Mm-hmm. in with the movie so that was a little like I'm glad I checked it out but every other time I plan on going with theatrical yeah. uh, but as a general comedy movie it's great and I wish we could have have things like it Adam, don't you wish that it, you could have a movie like this nowadays that wouldn't be first and foremost a spy movie mm-hmm. and then a comedy Absolutely, because this movie also has a budget of only $65 million, which would be huge for a comedy movie mm-hmm. today, but not huge for an action comedy. Right. Uh, right. And so the reason this movie could, could prioritize comedy is because it doesn't need to appeal to every single mm-hmm. um, country in the world, which means dialogue can still, you know, right. be more complex and funny. Yes, yeah, and I think, well, I think what one part that really works for me in this movie is the friendship between Melissa McCarthy and Miranda Hart's character. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a, I, I just think it's such a staple of female movies of female friendship, and choosing that over mm-hmm. men so many times. I think that's a very sweet underlying storyline that um, isn't necessarily a huge part of it, but it is a nice. Like when when it closes out that she mm-hmm. chooses to go have dinner with her friend rather than fine 
which is what she would have wanted originally. Mm-hmm. I just think that's such a nice, like, it's a sweet nice ending. Backbone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the real heart of the movie, obviously, is McCarthy's performance. Mm-hmm. And I just, what I noticed in this movie was how how impressive her range is as a character actor mm-hmm. and a comedian. She goes from, like, the journey she takes from this lady who's secretly in love with her co-worker to the very end saving the world mm-hmm. and being like the coolest spy at the agency now is mm-hmm. is a really huge arc she plays so many different kinds of personas like a midwestern lady mm-hmm. like a different kind of mis- midwestern <laughs> cat lady yeah. to then <laughs> i love the shift from going from that persona to the bodyguard persona of being mm-hmm. just this ruthless <laughs> profanity spewing person Mm. is really funny and very impressive how she can just so seamlessly do it definitely and i mean the reason that whole that whole arc tracks is because it's they're different Uh, it allows her to show off her range but you don't feel like they're completely different characters there's the base there that always works from the very beginning it doesn't play it quite as as much of a ridiculous prospect that mm-hmm. she would go into the field because you see, yeah, you're competent and really good at this part of the job. Mm-hmm. The reason you can't go into the field is just, well, you haven't done this training in 10 plus mm-hmm. years. And then we find out, <laughs> yeah. actually, yeah. she, she was... was too good and <laughs> yeah. like, too intense at the training. I think that's the funniest part of the movie is <laughs> when we see the... The clip, the clip of her completing the training. Um, it's, yeah, just amazing physical comedy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so much good physical comedy and so many good just pure jokes. Mm-hmm. Like, some of them that made me laugh out loud while I was watching and woke up my family's talk scared her <laughs> was uh, <laughs> they're having, she's having the initial drinks with her friend and Mm -hmm. Karen comes over Mm -hmm. and as Karen's leaving Miranda just does a huge fart noise (laughs) and then then blames it on um, Melissa McCarthy that made me laugh really hard and then when they're talking about what their porn names would be and Miranda says oh mine would be uh, what is it Valentine Amber Valentine. Yeah, it's, yeah and then it's, that becomes her spy name. <laughs> well, or, because no. that's her yeah. pet name and street name. Mm-hmm. And then she asked Melissa McCarthy what hers would be. And she says, uh, will it be Meatball Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard? <laughs> 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 that yeah. made me really hard. Yeah. That's, that's uh, I mean, a lot of the comedy comes from from how serious everyone is playing it. Yeah. Um. Like, you give him really funny dialogue, but Statham isn't really playing it much different than he would in, like, a Fast and Furious movie. Yeah. Uh, Same with, like, Jude Law's character isn't necessarily funny, but but he has to play it as actually James James Bond. Bond, And he does really well. Yeah. Yeah. Which helps, I think, uh, Melissa McCarthy's performance in, like, those... In especially that initial dinner scene Mm -hmm. between the two of them. Like... (laughs) With the cupcake. <laughs> yeah. There, the extended cut does actually go on with that bit in in pretty good ways. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I just think it 
especially the opening of the movie is so it's so it's so good because they're setting it up as this pure spy movie mm-hmm. um and then he and then it becomes so funny and comedic because he sneezes and accidentally shoots mm-hmm. the guy in the head that yeah. he was not supposed to shoot yeah <laughs> um yeah it's really it's a really great writing from Feek and mm-hmm. not necessarily subverting the spy genre, but just like giving a, a really comedic take on all of the classic tropes. Mm-hmm. But not in a spoofy way, like you were yeah. saying. Yeah, it's really kind of surprising that the movie not big be- and not because of the talent involved, because everyone is so good, but it's just surprising mm-hmm. that they hit the note exactly perfectly. Yeah. Because, like, now it would be full action movie. Five, ten years before that, it would be full spoof. Uh, even if that's not what they wanted. Like, just because I think... And it'd be Melissa what... McCarthy playing every bunch of characters. Well, yeah, it would be full... Um, I think they would use the similar premise of the, you know, or her going in disguise. But those would become like a version of... She's playing a bunch of different characters, which yeah. could be funny, but could also be like, okay, this is a sketch character. Yeah, and I think yeah, just the commitment to writing such a full character and character arc for her lets her really take control and do her comedic mm-hmm. stuff. Absolutely. Also worth noting, Rose Byrne doesn't exactly do much different from what she has shown she can do, mm-hmm. but she's reliable as always and very funny. Yeah. But I think, you know, if you compare this to the last Rose Byrne one that we watched, which was Bridesmaid, she is playing a pretty wildly different character. Yeah. I mean, she, she, her, her delivery of just a dry sense of humor is, is still the same, but mm-hmm. I mean, she, yeah, is cast as kind of the mean quote-unquote mm-hmm. mean girl, you know, but pretty mean girl, but she is, plays a really funny villain mm-hmm. <laughs> in this movie and can really set up a lot of good punchlines for most yeah. McCarthy. Yeah, that's very true. Whereas I think in Bridesmaid, she gets a lot of her own punchlines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair. She doesn't get a lot of those. In, yeah. But she has a lot of really funny... <laughs> like when she throws water on their head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> I think, yeah, some of my favorite performances that aren't Melissa McCarthy uh, is Rose Byrne and Miranda Hart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Miranda Hart especially is really good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she does a lot with maybe 15 minutes of screen time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When she's trying to protect Rose Byrne and getting, like, really sweaty running down the street. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, uh, uh, it's really <laughs> funny. <laughs> it's really good. Also, um, this is one of Ben Falcone's best best cameos. Because it's quick. Because it's quick. <laughs> and, I mean, it's funny. It's funny. No, you mean he's funny. He's, it's just, I do think it's, it's funny how, how much he's in her stuff. I wonder if that's just part of the deal when you... He, he was... Was he in... Can you ever forgive me? He was. He was actually... Yeah. But that's one of the rare instances where he was attached to the cast before she was. That's uh, very rare. <laughs> yeah. Because he was going to be in it when it was going to be Julianne Moore and Nicole mm-hmm. Hall of Center directing. Interesting. 
Well, how did it do in the box office, Bafo Bio? Bafo, indeed. Made about $110 million in the U.S., which is very healthy, and also made about 125 worldwide, or uh, internationally, for a total of $235.6 million against a budget of 65. Pretty huge hit. Uh, I always thought this was universal for some reason. It was 20th Century Fox, um, who I don't associate with having made many R-rated comedies in that era at all. No. Yeah, Universal really is kind of the, the studio that'll take a chance on a comedy. And then, like, Sony and Lionsgate will. Yeah. Lionsgate just has to, like, scrape together enough, like, piggy banks <laughs> to, to get a budget, but but they yeah. do still like comedy. Um, also got two GG noms mm-hmm. back when the GGs meant a little bit. Uh, but you know it got comedy and Melissa McCarthy which it's just pretty solid Yeah, I read one critic said finally after the promise shown in Bridesmaids was sold short since the leaked scripts and films like Tammy and Identity Thief Mm -hmm. Melissa McCarthy gets a movie vehicle worth her talents yeah a lot of people saw it as a return to form yeah which yeah, I think that also just credit to how good of a writer Feig is, mm-hmm. which, I mean, we saw in Freaks and Geeks, he's, he can write. Yeah. He's really good. I mean, the Freaks and Geeks pilot is pretty, pretty incredibly written. When you Google Paul Feig, it says American actor, which I think is hilarious. Well, he was an actor for a yeah. long time. He was on Sabrina the Teenage Witch as the science teacher. IMDb Trivia says he was going to be a stuntman at one point. Interesting. Which I don't think would have. I think he'd be dead if so. Uh, Baxter's, our dog Baxter is playing with a toy, um, which I think is like like a producer coming in and telling us uh, um, that we've got to wrap up soon. Well, he's been telling us since the beginning of this podcast right. that he wants to go out, and so he can come out with his dinner. That's right. Back. Um, let's see, anything else about Spy? I don't think I have much else. Um, I, I Only I appreciate that they haven't done a sequel, actually. It, yeah, it, he was writing one, mm. but he just says no one's interested in it, which I think is really interesting considering how much money it made. Yeah, I think that's just how quickly the um, the industry changed, which is interesting because now, you know, if you make a sequel, Spy automatically becomes a franchise with yeah. IP. So, I don't know. It don't seems know, like it'd do fine, at least. Maybe in, like, two years, they'll do a 10-year reboot. Maybe. And return... Not necessarily a reboot, because I don't know why you wouldn't just cast Melissa McCarthy, mm-hmm. but, you know, another, like, the sequel in 10 years. If anything, I think the issue could be, um, it's not exactly, um, a movie that the cast and crew are gonna do, are gonna take a pay cut on, right. which would probably be required to get a yeah. sequel made, because with budget increases, as well as they would need to do some set pieces, the $65 million budget probably gets to about a hundred. Yeah. Which needs about two fifty worldwide. That's now it's tough it, for economy. Yeah, it could do it, but this one fell fifteen short of that number. Mm-hmm. And it was a huge hit on a lower budget, so yeah. I don't know. I, it unfortunately it would be a bit of a risk and also the fact that Fox owns it, like is Disney gonna authorize a spy no. sequel? No, they Maybe for Hulu, but Right. It'd be a streamer. Yeah. Or Disney Plus or something. Mm-hmm. I 
my question for you, my final question about Spy is, do you think we will get another huge theatrical Melissa McCarthy comedy? I think we, if another means one, I think we'll get at least one. Mm-hmm. Um, in And then I think when she gets, you know, quote unquote old, I think then we'll get probably several cracks at the um, more modestly budgeted kind of old lady comedy genre, which has proven to be one of the more resilient. uh, Okay, maybe we should do that as a series sometime. Yeah, like Book Club, 80 for Brady. And then there's another book club coming out. Yeah. Um, Well, and like um, Jane Fonda and and, uh, Lily Tomlin did not only Book Club together this year, but also an indie um, from one of the Whites brothers where they're trying to get revenge on like their fr- their dead friends um ex-husband or something like mm-hmm. plus i think they had the final season of grace and frankie like they're the most those die, now, the that's biggest a duo. comedy duo out yeah. there right now um but yeah i think she'll be a staple of the 10 million dollar 65 year old woman comedy mm-hmm. um but until then i don't know what do you think i don't know i think if 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 comedies are able to fully come back theatrically I think she'll be one of the first, along with, like, Kevin Hart, to get something greenlit. Yeah, I, I think they'll each have, get at least one more greenlit. I just wonder if we might move to a point where stars are part of the equation with comedy, but concept can be just as big of a... I mean, that would be is, great. Well, because that's sort of what we had with, like, Good Boys. You know, yeah. like, Jacob Tremblay is is known but he's not a huge star yeah um I, yeah i well, kind of was for a while but that had probably died down a little after by the time the boys came yeah that's true and i mean yeah i think we'll get some legacy things like ticket to paradise but they've really got to foster yeah. new talent if they want i don't know oh, man the 2010s were great and before that mm-hmm. <laughs> great uh, great Honestly, the 1910s through the 2010s were great. (laughs) Had a good hundred years of comedy, and now Mm -hmm. it's all on streaming. Yeah. Nowadays, freaking Buster Keaton would be making a damn limited series for for Fubo TV. (laughs) The thing is, is it's so funny to me that comedies are the ones that they're dumping on streaming. The where comedy inherently is best shared with a room full of people laughing mm-hmm. and that's what's so successful makes them successful mm-hmm. is because people are like oh i heard that was really funny let's go see mm-hmm. it and then everybody laughs together well yeah. let's put it on streaming where people watch it alone mildly chuckle mildly chuckle and say that was very good yeah when cool. in a theater maybe people would actually be like actually that was pretty good mm-hmm. well, i think we'll get back there it won't be the same, but but it will get something. We're getting there. I would love, I would love to get back to a place where I saw Sisters like four or five times in theaters, and then the next year Ghostbusters about that much, mm-hmm. and then seeing a whole other slew of comedies that you know I just didn't see as much, but yeah. I did see probably a couple times. Well, you know. Just a couple of years ago, you had not a new opportunity to see a new Ghostbusters in theaters. And don't worry, this one was for the fans. This one's for, for those teenage Ghostbuster fans. <laughs> that always wondered, what if they were kids? 
<laughs> I'll watch that movie eventually. You almost went to see it like five times. You're like, I think I might go see that. And, and yet I didn't. Well, it, I mean, it hurts that I've never seen the original Ghostbusters. <laughs> so a legacy sequel, like, doesn't yeah. quite have the same impact. Sure. I have seen the 2016 Ghostbusters, which, regrettably, seeing it three times <laughs> in theaters really soured me uh, from thinking, well, I don't know what everyone's complaining about. That was fine. To, okay, on third, third count, this movie isn't that good. I think I, I that too far. In 2016, I don't know. <laughs> I think you, in a very positive way, I think probably wanted to support the people you care about and were maybe just happy to see them on screen and weren't, you know. I guess we'll see you when this October we do our Ghostbusters series, all four movies. Yeah, we sure could. We could actually. <laughs> Well, and then, a new Ghostbusters is coming out. And this one's for the old biddies. <laughs> <laughs> this one is not for the fans. This one is starring Jane Fonda. This one is for the Tom. girls and the gays. <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> Come at me. No one, no one was disappointed. <laughs> well, what are we doing next? Next week. We're, we're kicking off our Mumblecore series. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think that would maybe be a good idea if we were to consider <laughs> um, <clears throat> sorry. Um, I think we, we I think we're going to do Funny Haha. Yep. <laughs> That's just a kind of naturalistic slow unscripted conversations you can expect on our Mumblecore series. I'm not sure why I decided on Mumblecore, but we'll see. I like a lot of them. I like a lot of them. You just, you do gotta be in a specific mood, I feel like, so we'll see. Well, I think us moving to Eagle Rock is perfect, because I think we've (laughs) probably moved to the Mumblecore capital. (laughs) Yeah. Outside of of Chicago, you know, for like the Swanberg Um, part of it but well join us next time we'll see you then bye